Alrighty. This is Brandon and Tiff's first podcast. We generally, the context is that we've generally had a conversational dynamic where we talk about basically anything Mm -hmm. and we have like a very similar synergistic curiosity tone about the topic regardless of what it is and so we thought hey why not record a podcast and dive into some of maybe society's most taboo or just things that maybe people feel weird talking about and just talking about it very plainly Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't and know I, if you want to add anything. Else. Yeah, and, and then the idea is to create a safe space where the two of us can really delve into these topics in a nuanced manner. And I'm excited to see how this goes, especially because, like you were saying, we have a very like similar synergistic manner that we approach the topics with, but at the same time have pretty different perspectives that we come from as well. So I think it'll be an engaging time for all. Yeah. So (laughs) our our first topic that we had in mind was, um, yeah, just kicking this off. So today that I'm I'm we're in New York, and I'm visiting from New York, or I'm visiting New York, and uh, a mentee of mine I caught up with her, and the. The punchline, just to start with the punchline, is that right out, right before we said our goodbyes and I went back, um, and she went back to her thing, I went to my thing, she said, uh, thank you for not sexually assaulting me. <laughs> and my, I, my actual first response, I didn't tell you this yet, was, that's a very low bar. That's what I said mm. to her. Um, and then we kind of both chuckled it off kind of thing. Um, and then I gave her a hug and then we, we went our separate ways. And I, I haven't shared this backdrop with Tiff yet. I, all I shared was what she said and that we should probably talk about this. Mm-hmm. But I think my first, rea- like my first reaction after like going back into my own headspace was like, what the fuck? Like, is that the current state of society that we're in yeah. that that is what my mentee said like literally the act of not violating someone's physical boundaries is noteworthy to mention like Mm -hmm. that's how far our society has fallen like that's how far men have fallen Mm. like what the fuck that was basically my first reaction i don't know what other initial thoughts that you had but that's yeah yeah. i i think Oh, I think one, it made me kind of sad to hear that your mentee mentioned that was my first reaction. And two, I guess to answer your question, yes and no, I think our society has fallen that far. But I will say, like, I don't think that is necessarily, like, my usual reaction if I have... I'm assuming maybe you were at her place earlier. Yeah, so basically I went to her place to... um, drop off my backpack Mm -hmm. and then basically we went to like do a grocery run because she needed to get groceries because she just moved here yeah um yeah and then we got groceries and then we came back and then that like we just hung out while we're we're getting groceries that's basically yeah Yeah. i guess well this is just speaking from my own perspective Mm -hmm. but i'm curious what experiences she's had and either more recently or from before because if i had a like 
guy friend come over to my place my first thought when they leave wouldn't necessarily be like oh i'm glad i'm safe and that nothing happened mm-hmm. um so if i had to guess like maybe something has happened mm-hmm. recently um yeah. or some time ago that makes her have a distrust of men so i say yes mm-hmm. and no because mm-hmm. um, i think for myself that's not the way i would react but it somewhat surprises me but at the same time doesn't fully surprise me to hear that coming from another woman given i think just the kind of experiences people have to go through yeah i'm i'm similar in a similar spot in that i'm surprised and not surprised like i think i've heard the refrain from women over the years around like just physical safety in general and like that being a, a a thing that is something that they frequently think about that mm-hmm. most guys don't think about um, but I think I'm surprised that it it was noteworthy enough to mention yeah right I'm also right. I'm also a bit surprised that um, that given that you were her mentor and mm-hmm. based on that probably someone she trusts that um, even then like in that case she still felt that sense of distrust like that make that makes me even sadder you know because it's like yeah. it's already like with someone you mm-hmm. know relatively well or like mm-hmm. knew relatively well before then i'm just imagining like how she might feel with other people where she doesn't know them just like yeah being out and about yeah 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 i mean like i've known her for four years and like literally the first time we met yeah i was in her like childhood home mm. and <laughs> oddly or weirdly like questionably like her mom had left us alone in the house mm-hmm. like she wasn't even there it was literally just us right. and like this is oh, kind of sketch um slightly sketch um, right. so like so we've had mm-hmm. so many touch points um in basically like close physical proximity so it's just like strange it was surprising mm-hmm. that yes like i have known her so long and it comes out now and so like maybe yeah. one layer was like now she feels comfortable enough to mm-hmm. actually share that that's maybe true. she was actually thinking about this mm-hmm. for a while and has felt this for a while and then maybe this was like the first time she felt safe enough to share that with me i don't know yeah yeah but i think what do you what do you think what do you think about that as like a what it says about society or like where Mm. things are at now with just how like men and women are relating like does that what Mm. what comes up in your perspective as as a woman Mm. i think mm. like how often do you think about that how often is is the idea of the possibility of sexual assault yeah. on your mind because i as a guy right. i never fucking think about it right yeah i think well all right i guess we'll get right into it okay so i think i'm actually i've noticed that compared to my other woman friends that i've talked to mm-hmm. i feel like i generally am already how should i phrase this more confident about my safety and less nervous mm-hmm. than some of my other woman friends and um mm-hmm. for our listeners who may not know i am a pretty tall like five eight 
woman and I think that might have to do with it because mm-hmm. I know that I'm pretty tall and mm-hmm. probably just have um, a too confident sense <laughs> of invincibility to a certain extent <laughs> and I know that about myself so for example like sometimes when I went out late my girlfriends would not want me to train home by myself and then they would kind of like encourage me and like make me call an uber basically when it's like 2 a.m 3 a.m versus like for a large chunk of the time that i'm in new york i usually just kind of like train home by myself because i'm like it'll be fine like what's the worst that will happen and you're you're not worried i if it is a train station where there are quite a few other people which in new york at 2 a.m that can still be the case Mm -hmm. then i'm not too worried but if it's a station where there's not as many other people or for example, there's like, I don't know, like, like people sleeping there. Um, mm-hmm. Unfortunately, to say then, then I might be a little more like, okay, like, what if they like mm-hmm. grab me or something? If yeah. there's since there's not that many other people around, so kind of like safety in numbers. Um, mm-hmm. So are you saying yeah. that if you were shorter, you would feel differently? I that's my, that's my guess. I, I think one if I was shorter, <laughs> and two I know how confrontational I am when I need to be and I would like to think that if someone were to attack me I would fight them off but again that that's <laughs> I'm not t- I haven't taken any self-defense classes before <laughs> that's mm-hmm. again where I feel like my own like mm-hmm. invent um like probably too confident sense of safety comes mm-hmm. from but um I-, I say that as context because back in April. So as we're recording this, it's August. Mm. So mm. back in April, I had my first incident where I feel like it did disrupt disrupt my sense of safety for some time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't like it wasn't like the first time I've had men like like do something inappropriate or like mm-hmm. say something inappropriate. But I think I'm just generally someone that's very optimistic about people and mm-hmm. didn't really let it phase me. Um, but but with this story, I basically like went on a date. Uh, with someone that I met on Hinge and we got coffee in the daytime. Mm-hmm. It went great. Um, it felt very natural. Mm-hmm. Like I had a really good time with him. And then we ended up deciding to get drinks that night. And long story short there was that like we were being kind of touchy with each other at the bar and just mm-hmm. like very physically affectionate. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the night, I, I he like was kind of hinting that he wanted to go home together but mm. I was kind of tired and like even going into drinks I already knew that I wasn't like I just wanted to go home by myself so when he was hinting at going home together I let him know that I was just gonna go home myself and he we were like making out outside and basically mm-hmm. he like touched me inappropriately mm-hmm. down there without mm-hmm. asking and mm-hmm. I think in the moment I was just like kind of drunk kind of tipsy like Mm -hmm. didn't really respond and and then he did it like a few more times and i felt really uncomfortable and i remember thinking Mm -hmm. like in the moment like should i say something Mm -hmm. like should i pretend to enjoy it like i like i liked him up until this point like why like what 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 exactly am i feeling and it was yeah it was it was like one of the most uncomfortable i've ever been with a a man um Mm -hmm. and 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 like long story short like Mm -hmm. i ended up going home by myself that night and at first i didn't say anything but i felt really uncomfortable when i got home but again like i was kind of drunk so like okay tiff just sleep it off and we'll see how we feel in the morning Mm -hmm. and then the next morning i was still of course like 
feeling like pretty disgusted by the whole thing and then like had called up one of my best friends and talked Mm -hmm. to her about it and they ended up texting him um basically that like i really enjoyed our day and like i wanted to see him again but i wanted to set the boundary that i was a bit uncomfortable with how things had progressed last night and that um, i wasn't really comfortable Mm -hmm. um with like him touching me and things like that And, and i forget exactly what he said and i deleted the text since because i just didn't want any reminders of it really but mm. he basically gave like some like generic response where he apologized and was like oh i'm sorry you know like about that mm. and and i could have just left it there but then um but then like the next day i was just like thinking about it more i couldn't Mm. really stop thinking about it and i started wondering like could i have done anything differently Mm. um and and i want to come back to some of these points because i've also been volunteering and went through the training as an advocate to work in the emergency department when survivors of sexual assault and intimate partner violence come in and Mm -hmm. it was interesting because i saw in me some of the experiences that we were told survivors might go through and it was just like this really interesting like application moment Mm -hmm. of the knowledge that i had learned so for example yes you volunteering did that have anything to do with that experience no so it was just completely coincidental it was like the timing is so uncanny in that i had finished my training basically like like two weeks i think before this happened yeah yeah and and like even like when this incident happened um like i got one of the silver linings of it i remember Mm -hmm. thinking was that i now better empathized Mm -hmm. with survivors when they came in because i was actually like experiencing and Mm -hmm. thus internalizing more some of these emotions that are going through right that they're going to go through um yeah so then like so when, yes. when that happened was that the first time you'd experienced anything like that of yeah yes yeah mm-hmm. and i say yes but for example there was like another incident where maybe two years ago a year ago i went on mm-hmm. another date um also with someone from hinge and this was this is also our first time meeting up and that one i, I won't go into the details too much but basically mm-hmm. like we had a really nice date he asked me if I wanted to go over to his place and I let him know like okay I'll come over but I don't want to sleep over and mm-hmm. I was implying by that like we're not gonna have sex mm-hmm. but I didn't say those words explicitly mm-hmm. I ended up going over and then he got he got like touchier than I was expecting um mm-hmm. and then we did end up sleeping together that night and <laughs> again like okay I felt kind of weird about it the what? next day I know yeah and like even when he started even when he started yeah like being touchier again i didn't say anything and these are the points that i want to come back to because we learned about in our our training also yeah there's a lot about like like people usually talk about like Mm -hmm. fight or flight but they don't mention like freeze response right or like sometimes your body just doesn't do anything as a protective mechanism and i think that's what's happened to me in both instances but i think Mm -hmm. like what makes a big difference even though ideally it shouldn't is that in the incident that happened last year mm-hmm. when i told the guy about it later because i did text him about it he responded like very genuinely gave a very mm-hmm. like comprehensive thorough mm-hmm. compassionate response and like still wanted to meet up again and let me know that we didn't have to do anything next time and mm-hmm. that he just wanted to see me 
and that definitely helped me recover and heal from that experience much more differently than when this guy mm-hmm. gave a half-assed response and again like the the response of the other person mm-hmm. shouldn't matter in this case but the reality is that it does and this turned out to be a very different situation well, I, would, I would disagree yeah <laughs> no i yeah. think the way someone responds totally affects how right how, how like I, you remember yeah how yeah. you remember and how you metabolize the yeah things. yeah like it's just yeah. the whole kind of like the whole childhood thing like when right. your sibling wrongs you and then your parents like go apologize to your sibling if they just like sorry right like, that's an entirely different experience than them they having the felt empathy yeah and like, wow i'm i'm realizing that i really hurt right. you yeah and that was not okay yeah and i regret that and you're my sibling and so like i shouldn't have done that right yeah and i'm really sorry please forgive yeah. me like yeah. that's like that's invited, a good point. right I, yeah i think i say i think i say like it shouldn't even though i know it does because in this case specifically it feels like it's giving too much power to the person that already has more power you know oh. like if you are letting their response affect how you then remember it even if oh, their response shit. is out of your control so i think that's what i mean by shouldn't oh, shit. um and okay. like in that light versus oh, okay versus like it practically does not because i, I do know that it does hmm. um yeah that's so interesting that you're framing yeah. it as a, a power discussion. Right, it's completely a power discussion. The whole everything with everything with like any sort of like sexual assault, mm-hmm. sexual harassment, mm-hmm. sexual any any like discomfort in that realm, mm-hmm. it's a power dynamic. And and context here is like I think power dynamics exist in all relationships, mm-hmm. no matter how healthy. But in healthy relationships, there is an ebb and flow of that power dynamic yes. where, like, mm-hmm. between the two of us, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, sometimes you might have more powers in mm-hmm. certain situations. Sure. Like, I might in others, but it's relatively equal to the point that we don't have to think about it. Mm-hmm. And when you do have to think about it, that's when it's probably starting to tip in sure. someone's favor. Yeah. But in, in a situation like mm-hmm. the ones that we were talking about, mm-hmm. there definitely is one person that has more power. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. so much to cover. Um, <laughs> the, okay, the first one that I'm curious about is the one that was a year ago. Yes. Like, how how did the situation unfold such that you're at his mm. place? You've already communicated that you don't want to... You've com- communicated subtly mm-hmm. that you don't want to do anything sexual. How does it get into how does it escalate into you end up sleeping together yeah and like and Mm -hmm. what was how did your thought process develop as that unfolded like did you have that in the back of your mind of like hey remember Tiff like we we already said we don't want to do that like did that kick in like what Mm. let me think it it was like a year ago so I don't remember super clearly but if Mm -hmm. I had to guess I distinctly remember like I was kind of surprised when he did start like being touchier with me because I was like I thought I thought I thought we talked about this and then mm-hmm. yeah, yeah yeah and then but again like I didn't say explicitly like but again I shouldn't have to fucking say explicitly okay anyway <laughs> and then and then I think if, if I had to guess I think like as things progressed I was probably like one foot in one foot out mm-hmm. but maybe like oh like okay we'll just like give it a try or like mm-hmm. You know, like, it's already happening, like, 
maybe I'll just go with it and like it'll be yeah. fun. And and I will say like I think the I will say like the sex itself was enjoyable, but I still felt weird about it the next day because I knew going into it that's not what I had originally yeah. wanted, and I had yeah. to express that. Mm-hmm. Arguably indirectly, arguably directly. Yeah. Um, yeah. And. Yeah, and and I will so say like. So was there any point in that escalation, yeah. where you slowed him down or reminded him of, mm. hey, like, not yeah. not too excited about what's going on here. Right, I don't remember to be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah. I think yeah. what. I think this is gets so murky, which is yeah. the whole point of why we're diving into it. Yes, but yeah. like we'll get talk about this for thirty hours. Um, yeah, there's a lot of like. I know from life experience, and also like I feel like watching enough porn, mm. uh, which is not like a real indication of reality, but there's some things that I've grokked from it. Yeah. Which is, um, and also like just narratives around how people talk about sex, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's from porn or like reading books like She Comes First and like yeah. some, some of the books like that. <laughs> um, nice. Like, I, I think I heard, I actually think I heard this from. Uh, Esther Perel, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, Our favorite. Yeah. I think she said something like, when these lips open, these lips open. Mm-hmm. So I think some, I remember hearing that. I don't fully yeah. remember the source. Yeah. And for, for those of you who can't see, which is everyone, because we yeah. don't have a visual component, yeah. Yeah. Brandon pointed at his mouth lips and then he pointed down. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> for so second. like, so like when, I think when I heard that, I, it helped connect the dot that like, making out helps create the feel uh and like the warm-up experience Mm. so that i guess both people feel more desired and feel more like anticipatory around sex and so like knowing that there's like a devious component of like oh if i just make out with someone then it would increase the likelihood that we actually Mm. have sex like Mm. i know that like that is a there's a very transactional side of me that sees that as this is a play that I can make, a move that I can make. Um, obviously, I don't feel good about using that like artificially to try to engineer things, mm-hmm. but I think it's helpful to know that that is just like as as a fra- uh, adage that I often hear, like women need to feel mm-hmm. like they're in the mood, right? Yeah. Whereas men, generally speaking, we can just like yeah, we're good. we're ready, ready to right. go, yeah. right? So like that's helped in terms of how in my in my actual relationships of like yeah like let's not just go straight into like penis and vagina like yeah. that's probably not gonna be helpful so like but knowing that like it makes me wonder if that's what this guy thought of like mm. oh she, she said that she's mind. not interested but maybe it's just because she's not in the mood mm. but if i can get her in the mood then maybe she'll change her mind right and maybe that while we're making out and if she changes her mind then in, in, in that instance if she's still not clear or still clear on not wanting to move forward then yeah. like she'll know like we'll know yeah. like, we'll talk about it right i can see a world in which that is his rationale um and and in the, at that point like hearing your side of the story it's just like oh that's kind of fucking tragic like yeah. you were basically reluctant most of the time and second guessing yourself but the signals that he may have been getting was like oh like we're starting to make out she's reciprocating she's just not slowing down like yeah. I guess we're clear right um, I think yeah I understand um, I understand where 
you're coming from in that in that like yes women do just need to be in the mood Mm -hmm. um and there's there's studies about like how you know like our environment and Mm -hmm. like what exactly like we're feeling internally but also like is it too hot in their room like it's are my socks bothering me (laughs) (laughs) things like that affect us more than they do men yeah but i think the problem with the logic that you mentioned that mm-hmm. again the guy from a year ago was probably thinking is mm-hmm. that it then places the burden on the other person mm-hmm. to either like restate the like mm-hmm. negative that they already stated before yeah. in a potentially uncomfortable potentially awkward yeah. situation yeah um and if they don't do that then potentially mm-hmm. like pretty tragic consequences yeah right versus yeah. just like taking what someone says at their face value mm-hmm. and i i've had other I, I was talking to another guy friend about mm-hmm. this and they mentioned something similar where like their takeaway from mm-hmm. like either like women that they've dealt with mm-hmm. or just like stories they've heard is that people do end up changing their mind and like you don't need to like sometimes you don't have to take what someone says at their face value because they might change their mind yes absolutely but but that's so dangerous i agree that right yeah so i think it's like Mm -hmm. but like yeah like like that doesn't change that that's like a real lived experience Mm -hmm. that i've had even in or like almost all my relationships where Mm -hmm. i feel like my exes have changed their minds quite a lot yeah so like with that when when it comes to what they wanted physically uh, just generally yeah um, right i guess if you narrow it down to specifically around physically yeah i think yeah. To, yeah yeah because yeah, i'm talking about like like strictly mm-hmm. in the physical yeah. realm i think people change their mind but when the stakes are higher it's better to just take what they're saying at face value yeah. right versus like if it's someone changing their mind about mm-hmm. like something more minor like what they wanted for dinner sure you know like something like that mm-hmm. But when it comes to something like consent, the stakes are high enough. And again, the consequences are tragic and long lasting potentially enough for the other person involved where one, it's better to take what they say at face value. And two, you need to have, again, like just back to the conversation around consent in general, have asked them verbally what they wanted in the first place. Yeah. So I would totally agree that I think it was a dick move on his part to yeah. have heard that from you yeah. and then not actively check in. Yeah. Like, and, then when, and then when I asked him about it later, he told me that he had interpreted the not sleeping over as in like not staying the night Oh. versus sure. not yeah. sex. And yes. like, yeah. I get that. That is plausible. But also, like, are you just playing dumb? Like, do you really... Like, I don't know if he really... He's a, he's a, he seems like a very good man. We dated for a bit after that. He seems like a very good man. So I'll trust... Yeah. I'll trust that, but... But, like, like even even when you told me... Yeah. When you counted the story... Right. I was... When you said, like, I'm not going to stay over... Yeah. Like... What, like, what was your interpretation? Purely based off the words... Yeah. I would have taken as, oh, okay, yeah, you're not going to stay over. So, like anything else could happen yeah so like got it up until the point of like you leaving literally speaking in terms of just the words that Mm -hmm. you gave me yeah uh, i would have incorporated other things like how did you say it like your body language yeah like did you say that like playfully Mm -hmm. or did you say that with like a level of like my tone is just perpetually playful 
Yeah, so so I think yeah. that's probably where it would have gotten lost. Where right. it's like, if you said that to me playfully, I would have been like, oh, okay. Uh, oh, like just, you thought I was like teasing. Yeah. Oh. Or it's just, just like, for whatever reason, you're not comfortable sleeping I, over, but yeah. you're comfortable. Like, no, I meant it as in like, I was just completely fine with not going to his place mm-hmm. and like not doing anything. Yeah, so like, yeah. so when you say like, yeah. are you just stupid? Yeah. Like, here's that's another true. data point of like, uh, no, that's <laughs> like kind of fuzzy. no, no. You're right. You're right. You're right. Um, but based on what I said, I, I think th- I think it's just like taking what someone says literally versus reading between the lines. And I think you're saying that yes, like there's a higher chance that someone would just take that literally, which yes. I do see why that is the case. And for me, I guess I was surprised that he didn't read between the lines because I might have read between the lines. But again, people. Like, yeah. I think both interpretations are valid, yes. and we just had different yeah. ones in that case. So to kind of zoom out from here, this is kind of interesting. Like, I think this is also a symptom of American culture and around sexual communication, mm. right? I think that most of my upbringing, communicating very explicit about sex mm-hmm. has felt uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. On average, more uncomfortable than, than not. Um, it almost feels like oddly too refreshing if we get too dis- too literal mm-hmm. and too direct about it. Like even in this conversation, like this already feels like oh, this like yeah. we're talking so directly about it on the thing. Right. It feels so contrary and, and different from my upbringing and conditioning. And in regard to like what we're talking about, like I wonder if that's like the fact that he didn't check in about mm-hmm. what you actually meant when you said like you didn't want to slay it over like mm-hmm. i wonder if there was more if as societally mm-hmm. we were more comfortable with sexual communication it, he could have said things like hey like oh i noticed that this it's a little vague uh are you saying that you don't want to, to sleep together tonight right or you're saying you just don't want to sleep over yeah. right like stay in bed yeah. and i wonder if like if i don't know i'm trying to just put myself in his shoes and in, like in my level of discomfort and um, and like, especially in a situation where like, if I, f- I'm in a situation where like, I feel like there's a non-zero chance I might sleep with this person. Mm. And the incentive structure that I have is like, I don't want to say anything that destroys that chance. Right. So I'd yeah. rather keep it ambiguous so that I always have that like yeah. plausible deniability. Right. Um, like play, play dumb. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so like I think yeah. so two things happening. One is I wonder if it's like the lack of comfort with sexual communication, and then two the incentive structure of like well I really want sex. Yeah. Um, but more so I think what's really interesting is like the lack of the lack of comfort societally that we have mm-hmm. around communicating really directly ar- around it. Partially I don't know why like I think there's so many reasons why that right. is. Yeah. But I wonder if that would have changed and I wonder if that was mm. present for you. Yes. As to like yeah. why did you communicate so yeah. I like, was just, yeah. I, I was thinking as right. you mentioned that actually. I, I do think that those are likely reasons that he didn't speak up about it. Mm-hmm. Especially the incentive structure piece. Mm-hmm. Um and but yeah, you know, as you were um speaking about how we're just not comfortable communicating about sex mm-hmm. explicitly as a society. I was wondering why I myself did not say that explicitly. Mm-hmm. And since that instance, I have been more explicit. Mm-hmm. Like if I don't want to like 
sleepover. Oh my god, I'm, I still can't say it. <laughs> okay, like if I don't want to <laughs> spend the night. How do I say it? Okay. Um, maybe I haven't changed. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, but but to your point, to your point, I think I do think I could have been more explicit in that case yeah. also, and like it was perhaps my own conditioning of not saying the word sex to a man I just met mm-hmm. <laughs> at the end of our first date that made me then instead use the, use the euphemism of like sleepover, mm-hmm. hoping that that implies. And so the that's same interesting. Thing. So why, what, yeah. and, and do you think it's related to? what we're talking about mm-hmm. around our cultural inversion yeah. and discomfort around being mm-hmm. so explicit. Yeah, I think... Um, there's probably a few reasons. One, I think the probably like people-pleasing side of me that mm-hmm. knows saying the word sex is just can be seen as a more... I don't know if this is the right word, but like aggressive way of Mm -hmm. saying it um, or perhaps like too straightforward to the point where some people might be uncomfortable with that Mm -hmm. word versus like I think I'm generally just someone that uses like qualifiers and Mm -hmm. like nicer quote quote nicer way of framing things. So that was euphemisms. Yeah, so that was such an instance. And then two, maybe, yeah, again, like using the word sex can be seen as more like vulgar mm-hmm. um maybe in, in in a situation where i'm trying to be seen as again air quotes a lady mm-hmm. right and like classier um yeah if, if i had to guess i think those are probably mm. two of the reasons and like I, and i get it right so like i think one layer of the aversion is like being so direct about talking things like this doesn't feel as fun right yeah it doesn't feel yeah, as that's a great way it's it doesn't yeah. flow conversationally very well yeah it's not it doesn't add to the feel of chemistry yeah it's very cut and dry it's not sexy yeah it's not sexy <laughs> at all right so like saying like like having like having conversations around Maybe it's maybe it's like we, we have very low cultural competency mm. around having these conversations in a way that is directed but still maintains vibe. Mm. And I think if maybe if we are able to solve for that, uh, or maybe maybe I wonder um, if you were able to do that playfully. Yeah. Um, for example, I'm just kind of like spitballing. It's just like mm. like if you're like, hey, like I'm really into you, and. I'd like to have some fun with you tonight, but mm-hmm. I just want to know. I don't want to stay over. Mm-hmm. I want to go home after. Yeah. Like if you said something like that, right. that's still pretty direct. Yeah. Of that like, is hey, still, we're yeah. having fun, like wink, wink. Right. It is still euphemistic, but that's a lot. Yeah. To me, it's a step up clearer right. than saying, I don't want to sleep over. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Because sleepover is so close to like literally sleeping over versus like sleepover, wink, wink. Sleep yeah, over. that's true. Right. Oh, I think there are. But even okay, that, I, yeah. I think I think there are two things. So one, one I think I'm just a very direct person, mm-hmm. or like I do I do you know like use qualifiers and things like that. But like it's hard for me to like flirt 
I feel like because it's not very direct, so kind of like that playful, like, mm-hmm. un- unless I'm really into the person already, mm-hmm. then I've noticed it comes more naturally for me where I might be able to, like, say that example you gave of, like, mm-hmm. I'm having a lot of fun with you, but, like, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. Like, I think for me, I would just prefer to say, like, like, like okay, I'm down, I'm down to go, but, like, I'm not really, you know, like, I don't want to, <laughs> like, I don't want to, well, I can't even say, like, I don't want to have sex with you, okay. But, and then, like, so... <laughs> it, it would be different again it would be different if i was very into the person though and i wasn't that into him yeah like we'd been on one date and i wasn't like wowed by it like uh, like i liked him i liked him as a person he uh, seems like a very good man very sweet man and like we kissed at the end of the date but again like he initiated that kiss like without asking and i just kind of did it and then after that he asked if i wanted to go back to his place and i was 100 percent okay with not going but there are times where, like, I have been more interested in someone and, like, I was more interested in going back to their place. You know, like, whether for sex or something different than sex. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, maybe specifically in this scenario, what complicates it is your general indifference. Mm. Like, you didn't feel strongly in either direction. So, as a yeah. result, you didn't communicate strongly in either direction. Yeah. You- I think... You know, in this case, I think I would have preferred to just go home mm-hmm. myself. Yeah. But, but again, like, my people-pleasing side where, like, when he asked if yeah. I wanted to hang out for longer. Yes. Like, I don't want to make him feel bad. So then I just go along with that because yeah. my desire to go... The difference between, like, my desire to go home mm-hmm. and my desire to, like, continue with him mm-hmm. is not so great Strong. as yeah. to, like, want to make him feel bad. Yeah. You know? And again, like, mm-hmm. that that's something that I'm working through. Yeah. But just because I'm a people pleaser does not mean that I or anyone else, like, needs to end up in this sort of situation where we're uncomfortable, right? Well, okay. So, I mean, I would agree with you that, yes, mm-hmm. people are people pleasers. It doesn't mean that just because they're people pleasers, they should be, quote, unquote, like, rewarded with these situations. Right. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But I, I think people pleasing is the thing that creates... Or no, I think it's two yeah. things. I think it's people pleasing combined with a, a lack of clear desire. Yeah. Because for you, mm-hmm. it's like is the combination of the two that led to that, right? I, if yeah. either either of those things were different, if mm-hmm. you had a stronger desire to go home or a stronger desire to like not sleep with him, mm-hmm. then you would have asserted that. Whereas, mm-hmm. and then if your people pleasing was maybe not as high, you also maybe would have been like, no, I'm actually not feeling that. Yeah. maybe being a, lot, a little bit more direct right so i think my i think my point with the people pleasing piece is that knowing that some people are people pleasers and you don't necessarily know who you're dealing with i think the solve is just to ask for different steps along the way when you are interested in being physical with someone right so like in this case he did ask if i wanted to go to his place which mm-hmm. is great and then I gave my mm-hmm. too euphemistic of a response, right? But let's say we're at his place and then, mm-hmm. I don't know, even before he, like, puts his hand on my leg, for example, yeah. or, like, moves further with so, things. Like, I do not mm-hmm. recall him asking to do mm-hmm. any of that. Yeah. And this is me saying that the burden of responsibility mm-hmm. can be on both parties mm-hmm. i think on both parties but the person who is initiating mm-hmm. a little more mm-hmm. the burden of responsibility is on them to ask for different steps along the way mm-hmm. and the argument against that usually is that it kills the romance mm-hmm. 
so to your point again like being too like sexually yeah, communicative exactly kills the romance <laughs> right. yeah but my response to that is it's like if you're if you're interested in someone oh like if i'm interested in someone and they ask me for consent to like touch any part of my body or like interact with me in some way i only think it's hotter that they're respecting my autonomy and my Mm -hmm. agency Mm -hmm. and i think for people who Mm -hmm. think that it kills the romance Mm -hmm. i don't know i I just don't think (laughs) i don't think like those people and i think they have been ingrained um they, they have been taught i think poorly by our society's definition of romance i think um i think it's you're probably right in that it's not a good because like i've um like i when i've been on the receiving end of like can i kiss you Mm. i'm just like that did nothing to kill the mood because it was just like i'm a fuck yes yes of course i want to kiss you and then you just kiss and it's just like it, it I think I relate in that it it feels even greater or more attractive that oh like you you respect my my consent here right. even even as a guy like, it feels yeah. great. Um, so I think I would agree with that. I wonder if the supposed argument there is is actually a veiled form of like fearing rejection mm. as in yeah. if someone fears rejection, they're less likely to ask. Yeah. Or yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought I thought through all the counter arguments. Okay. So I definitely think the fear of rejection is one reason people yeah. don't end up yeah. doing it, even if they are aware that the yeah. other person might prefer that. Yeah. So one fear of rejection, and then going back to what you were saying earlier, the incentive structure. Mm-hmm. Like, if someone's already initiating, why would they put themselves mm-hmm. up for rejection yeah. potentially? And yeah, to not like gain what they have the potential chance of gaining if they were to not ask right but again it's the high stakes involved <laughs> well okay well i think two points one on the stakes <laughs> is i agree that uh sex is higher stakes for women mm-hmm. but would you agree that for men it's lower stakes i think the stakes that i'm referring to are not the, it's not the sex itself, but it is the emotional turmoil that could potentially come about from any form of sexual discomfort, sexual assault, sexual harassment. Doesn't even have to be anything sexual, sex oh, related. Okay. Sure. Yeah. So, so you're seeing just that whole world in of itself. Yes. Has yeah. a lot of potential for charge. Yes. And it yeah. should be regarded as such. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Sure. I think. Yeah, so I think even taking sex out of the equation, for example, if if a woman is like followed home by a man, mm-hmm. right? Like that itself is little t traumatizing. Yeah. If if mm, I have some examples, but I don't know if it's fair to share because they're like my friends' situations. Um, yeah, I, I guess my point. Okay, let, let's just keep it to sex for now, but. Um, like my my one point on that is mm-hmm. that there doesn't even have to be sex involved in order for that kind of power imbalance to be scarring. But just keeping it to the sexual realm, the Wait, kind of emo- emotional turmoil. Can you, can you name any other like like non-sexual the, ones? Non-sexual. Yeah, I have a specific example. Um, 
like a stalker i've had a friend that has dealt with a stalker that she didn't know that kept appearing in different places and never never physically or even verbally interacted with her but just stared yeah and that itself can be traumatizing and that's kind of hard to explain i think to um well to be honest like i think women would get it yeah generally experienced it yeah it's hard to crack the the magnitude yeah like they're just looking like what's so in the felt experience what's so bad about that right but it's like going back to the idea of the male gaze already and like Mm -hmm. because in our society there already exists a power imbalance between Mm -hmm. genders and as a woman you are aware of that like if and as a man you're generally much less much more much blind. less aware of it and if anything yeah. like you're, you might just be flattered right or you're not really like thinking about it too yeah. much but as a woman i'm already like even more hyper aware mm-hmm. when i am being stared at by men and the way in which they are staring at me because mm-hmm. again it depends on sure. the exact like energy conveyed in that sure. um yeah and, and like mm-hmm. i think the fact that they didn't even interact with you at all, but instead was just coincidentally in different places that you were. Makes it even harder in a way because it's not like, you know, they interact with you and then you can let them know like, oh, like, mm-hmm. like I'm not interested or anything, yeah. right? And then it's like, what what like basis for argument do you have? Mm-hmm. So that that's an example of... Um, an experience that can be traumatizing even not in the sexual realm um, but i think going going back to the high stakes piece like what i'm referring to is not just the act of sex sex itself but it is the turmoil that and the toll that it takes on your mental health after experiences in which you did not provide consent so for example some of these symptoms that survivors might have end up being difficulty sleeping mm-hmm. loss of appetite inability Mm -hmm. to focus or even function or go to work or go Mm -hmm. to school or anything sometimes people end up having to drop out or like lose their jobs they can't interact with their family and friends the way that they're used to Mm -hmm. generally have a sense of distrust in the world and yeah like strangers strangers and maybe even people they know um Mm -hmm. nightmares But see, like, yeah. everything that you're saying, like, it, it tracks with my intuitive understanding yes. of how something traumatic like this can lead to all those things. Yeah. But I think, for me, like, I don't, when I think about a sexual experience or, like, nearing sexual experience with someone, mm-hmm. none of that is in the forefront of my thinking. Mm. Right. So, like, I, I'm, like, is that present for you? And it's uh, it's almost mm-hmm. like you're you're, what I'm hearing is like sounds like you expect or like would like men to ha- have that level of regard and mindfulness, with the area of sexuality, knowing that backdrop. But like yes. like yeah. we're having this conversation now, mm-hmm. and like I would be surprised if the actually now that we're talking about, it, I think it's increased them. likelihood that mm-hmm. I would think about this in the future. But I think if I didn't have this conversation with you. Yeah. I wouldn't really be thinking about right. that backdrop that you just gave. Yeah, no, you're right. I don't yeah. think a lot of people are aware. And I learned a lot of this through my training mm-hmm. and from reading 
a wonderful, wonderful book called Know My Name by Chanel Miller, mm -hmm. who was the survivor in the Stanford Brock Turner oh. rape case. Yeah. Um, really great book. Highly recommend. Where she shares about her own experience and incredible writer, really funny, really quirky. Yeah. Um, Fuck right. But I think the, I think the issue. So like society at large, I think the issue is that there isn't enough sexual education, right? Like mm -hmm. we have sex ed what when we're in middle school yeah. for like a few classes. We learn how to put a condom on a banana or like whatever, yeah. <laughs> whatever your school taught you specifically. But yeah. there's not really any conversation around consent mm -hmm. and. Again, like what is at stake, right? Beyond yeah. just like, oh, like she's kind of uncomfortable, like during the sex, like at worst, and she'll get over it. And I think the Me Too movement mm -hmm. did a good job at at least highlighting mm -hmm. that the topic of consent. Um, but but again, I think the Me Too movement got us to the point where, like, on the spectrum of like asking, not asking for consent to asking for consent it got us to the point of no means no sorry on the, on the spectrum of no means knowns and yes means yes it got us to the awareness that no means no but it did not highlight enough i think that yes means yes and anything less than yes uh, so anything lower on that spectrum skeptical. is not a yes <laughs> skeptical yeah go ahead um, yeah, yeah. Or, or or like it's interesting to hear what you think the Me Too movement did. Yeah. As and like I think you may be accurate in terms of maybe what has done for the average and maybe like the the average the, yeah. the societal conversation that we're mm. having. Um, my experience as a guy, <laughs> the main thing it did for me was <laughs> create anxiety mm. around the fact that because situations can be so subjectively read on both any side uh like now the idea of a sexual encounter with someone that i don't know very well can actually lead to like completely destroying my reputation mm. that is actually more present in my mind because of the need to more, more than anything else right because like i actually don't feel like i got more clarity on no means no mm. because i feel like i get conflicting messages as a guy of like on one end i hear no means no and other mm. hands of like oh i wish i wish men would try harder to chase me yeah like i i hear i hate because i hear that i've heard that from my guy friends also where other women have said that and right? that's so frustrating yeah. to me but i yeah. i believe that other women have said that you know yeah. where it's like again like but th again, this is the whole idea with like toxic masculinity right where mm -hmm. men are supposed to be aggressive and supposed to go for what they want and so i understand why from a man's perspective like you're being taught on one side like we're supposed to go for what we want and like yes. be direct and like show power yes. and on the other side uh -huh. now the me too movement is telling me that i can't do that because yeah. i'm going to lose all credibility yeah. in my reputation so yeah. what do i do it's, it's very like confusing seemingly conflicting messages it's very confusing yeah but i also <laughs> but i also personally don't agree with the usual message of masculinity where so in me, order to be masculine you have to be aggressive and go for what well, you want right? not only that it's, it's so it's, it's not just the toxic mas masculinity message it's also the women mm -hmm. who are genuinely attracted to that or supporting that yeah right so yeah the issue is not so much whether i believe one side is more right or not or better or not mm -hmm. it's the fact that there are different women 
that respond differently. Yeah. And there's a, a group of women that are like, fuck yes, I'll consent. And there's another group of women that is like, no, play the fucking game. Mm. And I want you to pursue me and like, like break through my nose. I fucking hate, hate those stories yeah. of like, yeah, like mm. he, he said he wanted to date me. It was a sh- I said no, and he just wore me down. And now we're together and we're happy. Mm. I can't, like, the number of times I've heard that story is like seared into my brain. Yeah. So like it's it's loud enough where yeah. I'm like, well, they, these are real data points. Literally, no one has ever successfully worn me down. Right. So what, like, what does that even mean? Like he was persistent enough. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Usually, oh. that's that's what it means. Um, mm. And I I don't have all the stories collected in my brain right now, but like yeah. that is what's present in my mind that makes it so goddamn confusing. Mm. So it's it's to me it's never a clear cut because I don't know who, what this woman that I'm attracted to. Which camp is she in? Mm, <laughs> I don't right. have any way to figure out. Yeah. Uh, other than like directly asking, but then like just as we talked about, like the whole direct path is yeah. like. <laughs> is there? <laughs> like, are you the kind of woman that likes consent right. all the time and that's attractive? Yeah. Or are you the kind of woman that like you don't like? We're not gonna societally. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we're ever gonna get to the place where that's a normal conversation. Right. In the dating space. Is that a? I guess for you specifically, is there a woman? Like, between those two camps, is there one type of woman that you would rather be with? Uh, of course, the direct one. Yeah. Like Wait, the but then, but then just, just put out that energy and then that's what you will attract. I know, so I... Right? So if you, if you want sure. to be with the kind of person mm-hmm. that, again, respects that you respect their autonomy and that yeah. you are asking for their consent, then yeah. the way to attract that kind of person is by taking that action, right? Yeah. So, like, so, who, who cares about the other camp of women? Like... Like, for the purposes mm-hmm. of you specifically. Sure. Again, that's, like, there's yeah, more there yeah. that could be improved, but... Um, it's... So, I don't have a problem with that. Like, mm-hmm. I think that is what I've done, which is I think I've generally attracted women who are, like, on the consent mm-hmm. side of things. Um, so, but it, do, it just doesn't make it... F- f- I just don't have a... F- I don't feel like I have a clear sense right. of, like, yeah. what is it that women are actually wanting... It's yeah. just like, like when you have the Me Too movement, you have this thing as a whole, but it's just like, it almost seems like maybe like 80% of women are like, fuck yeah, like, because mm. no means no, yes means yes. Mm-hmm. But there's like these 20% of women that are like, no, let's play this game. And I'm like, and because of that, I just don't, because that's not actually like acknowledged in the conversation of Me Too, like if Me Too were, were to say like, Yes, we know there's some women that are really into this, and like fine, like if if someone is like that, like great. But there's a segment of a lot of, of X number of women that are very adamant with us, and this is deeply important to them. Mm. I think if they were, and to be fair, like I, I don't know, like I'm not deeply well versed in the movement to know what they mm. have said and haven't, but that's not the understanding that I've had. They just paint paint this like blanket slate that like this is how it is. But my lived experience suggests that it's not. Right. So it feels some level of dis- like intellectually dishonest, mm. and therefore it makes me like, well, like, uh, like I have anecdotes that like suggest otherwise. Yeah, so like, like it makes you trust the movement less, or yeah. like credit less credit. Or, or it just doesn't feel like. Um, it's just like mm. like how your relationship is with someone. If someone's making broad statements all the time right. about mm. how the world is, you're just like. Well, yeah, like, dude, like that's right. not how the world works. Yeah, right. no, that, make, that then it feels like I can see how it feels like um, 
like some of your concerns are going just unacknowledged and brushed under the rug yeah. right yeah versus if yeah if the yeah. me too movement had been like we know some people might feel this way but those aren't the ones that we like yeah. are representing our yeah. movement right yeah you and know? like even as a counterpoint to what i'm saying like i understand that when you try to add nuance to a mm. message it gets harder to deliver yeah so like the simplicity of the message you lose is, people in modern right, age yeah. right so yeah. i understand that yeah but that can be true like both things can be true and i'm saying that's kind of like the downstream impact that it has yeah. on a guy right one data point of a guy yeah so i need to think about that point more because i don't have a strong argument about it yet and i even i think i told you a while back like i was i was like writing that article around like my own experience and consent yeah. again pushing for the call to action of like yes means yes and just like being comfortable with asking and like i wanted to provide examples mm -hmm. of like the words and vocabulary that people and language that people could yeah, use to good. ask yeah. yeah but i never i never thought of a <laughs> i never thought of a coherent strong enough argument for that specific piece about the people who like the woman who like do want men to be aggressive and or not so much aggressive but like yeah i think the crux of it was don't trust my no don't trust mm. what i say yeah but like assert mm. yourself like they're like they're teasing you know, or like reverse psychology it's, i don't know something <laughs> yeah it's i don't get it yeah i don't see i don't get it because i'm very i'm, I'm someone that like you know me like i'm someone that very much like i say what i mean yeah. and i mean what i say and i'm not good at lying so i feel like yeah. the idea of like saying no in a situation where mm -hmm. i do mean yes is so foreign to me but i know people so, do that so what's like complicated is like yeah there's definitely like a class of like i feel like there's some proxies yeah very rough proxies of women who like definitively are into that mm -hmm. and like start that way want to open that way and that way and they're like this is how i operate and how i'm attracted to men yeah the problem is like if it was just that kind of woman then i think it'd be a lot easier a problem the problem is like the one or two times I've heard about a woman who mm. actually didn't want that initially. Yeah. They were actually like, yeah, I wasn't into him. But, you know, like, you mm. know, he kept at it. And like, and then I start, it started to grow mm. on me. Yeah. So like, I, it's like the yeah. halfway version of like, they actually weren't mm. initially deeply attracted to them or turned on by that behavior. Mm -hmm. But it was later on for whatever god knows what reason yeah so it was almost mm -hmm. someone in between like they actually were that no means no at first but for whatever unknown variable yeah they became a yes yeah i think <laughs> there, those ones that are yeah good there is the idea of the slow burn yeah. which i believe in where I, I think it's happened to me twice where i wasn't as interested in someone in the first place and then yeah. like grew to like like them romantically more over yeah. time but i wouldn't but it wasn't in a way where like they were being very persistent or yes again like making like sexual moves on me or yeah. anything yeah like that either it was simply like me enjoying their company and not necessarily mm -hmm. us yeah like yeah um moving forward in that way so i'm curious i'm also curious for like the people you're talking about like is it 
is it in a way where they like continue to hang out with like no sexual activity or yeah, like like I'm curious like what kind of pursuit happened in this it. case right? I don't remember yeah because cause yeah. I, I think just because like right now since we're strictly talking about like like issues in the sexual realm yeah, yeah versus um like I don't know. even other things that could be uncomfortable actually like sliding into the dms persistently but that's like more annoying than like traumatizing you know yeah um but but see even with that like it's still not clear like even with sliding you know, in dms like even if uh, there's still a version of persistence that has yeah. a non-zero success rate right with some certain women so like it's yeah. very confusing but, but it's a small proportion of people I, so, that's, so why that's not ju- why not just spend your efforts on <laughs> but so the, the confidence, like a larger proportion the of confidence people. in yeah. which you say that is jarring mm. or surprising to me as a guy mm, interesting I actually don't I don't have enough information to confidently agree or disagree with you yeah and so i think that is part of the problem is the fact that it's an unknown amount of women Mm -hmm. are into this it could be a few you could be right and it could be a lot i actually have no idea yeah (laughs) and the fact that i have no idea is what creates the ambiguity Mm -hmm. like if you actually statistically told me there was a survey that was done that's like reality is like three percent of women are into that Mm Then I'm like, oh shit, okay, like then that's not that's pretty safe. safe. Like, like, yeah, yeah, I would agree with you then. Mm. I'm like, so this is yeah, like just ignore those yeah. people. Like, don't worry about it. It's a very vast minority. But if it's the moment, it's like in theory, if it's like twenty to thirty percent of women, mm. this that's like a non-trivial amount now. That's a non-trivial amount. But again, and I think qualitatively, like, what kind of woman are they? Because you, you could say like, because again, I think it depends on the reason that they're saying no in the first place and i think there could be of course multiple but one i can think of is that they may be someone who is just not sure what they're looking for yeah so that like complicates it even right so then it's like is that someone that you want to be with like maybe maybe not um or Okay, that, that's... <laughs> yeah, so, like, <laughs> that's but like even that now, reason but... that you give is, like, <laughs> I feel like that kind of reinforces the point of um, why this is such murky territory. Yeah. Is because, like, and this is kind of all, like, an ecosystem that kind of affects each other. Like, mm-hmm. because of our aversion as a society to talk about this very directly, it lowers the self-awareness that we all have around our own yes. desires around it. Yeah. So then we become even less effective to communicate it. Yeah. And so cool. that supports yeah. poor communication. Yeah. And is <laughs> reinforcing. Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's an interesting thing. The, the other thing that I want to go back to that I found really interesting was mm-hmm. you. we talked about how the guy maybe did check in for consent because he feared rejection. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and I connected the dot. I was like, oh, that's kind of odd and funny that actually you two were more similar than not. Mm. You didn't want to disappoint him. Mm. And then yeah. he doesn't want to be disappointed himself. So we're both solving for him. <laughs> <laughs> Why? <laughs> it's so yeah. interesting. Right. That's a good point. Yeah. It, it's so interesting that like mm. the, there's a fear on both See, sides. so shouldn't we just both solve for each other then? <laughs> yeah, I, I think yeah. that is that right? is the main. Someone needs to be solving for, like, if I'm not solving for myself, then 
Yeah, and I yeah. think that's a microcosm of. I think there's a non-zero part of it that has to do with the, the masculine and feminine energies. That's like, true. I think on average, women are more capable and more naturally thinking of others, mm-hmm. right? Caregiving, nurturing, and men less so, mm-hmm. right? So it makes sense that it actually makes it's very sensible in my mind that your your first thought is like, oh, I want to make sure he's taken care of or like he's cool, and you're looking yeah. out for him. That's that's very feminine energy. Yeah, and for him. He's saying, well, like, I don't want to get turned out. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. he's not thinking, oh, I want Like, to is be... she comfortable, right? right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so... That's true. Yeah, I would agree. I think that is the... That is the default male response. Is like, mm. if you're not clear, then why am I being held hostage or blamed for not being able to read the signs? Mm-hmm. Of like, I like I, I hear you like and I have empathy and like I, I get where you're coming from like dude read read the fucking room yeah like I I hear I understand when you say that and what you mean by that but I think when it comes to sexuality and all the variables we just labeled mm-hmm. like eh, it's a lot harder to read the room it's murky <laughs> right yeah. it's easy to read the room when yeah. I'm not involved yeah but that's why that's why yeah I think it's I think it's really hard to read the room in such situations which is why. I think ideally you just communicate about it verbally, right? Because it's like my body language mm-hmm. might not be communicating to you the discomfort that I'm feeling internally. Yes. My facial expression might not show that. Yeah. My like ability to continue kissing you does not mean that I am super enthusiastic about this situation. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah and, and like you really just don't know until you ask someone. And I think also... By asking the other person, you are then not only like giving them and open to say no if mm-hmm. they want to, but you're creating the pause and the space for them to yeah. think about it for themselves, right? Because yeah. sometimes, because again, like the situation that I had happen to me earlier this mm-hmm. year, like it happened in the span of like maybe like 30 seconds a minute, like not really that much time. And like I wasn't sure yet mm-hmm. in my own head where I was kind of going back and forth where I was like like I knew like my intuition told me I wasn't feeling comfortable but mm-hmm. I was like how uncomfortable am I feeling like maybe it'll stop soon like there was all this like internal debate I had that he yeah. knows nothing about yeah. but if he had just taken the time to mm-hmm. stop and ask me then I could have then let him know right yes. it's a much more comfortable situation yes. for me to do that and he's leveled the playing field for yes. the both of us yeah yeah um yeah, I think, I think it's a shit sandwich for both situations. I think it like, yeah. Um, I think it's difficult for both sides. I think, but and just to create a little more context on the on the theoretical guy side, because I don't really mm-hmm. know this guy. Like, if I were to put my life experience in his shoes, mm-hmm. the reason why I would be scared for rejection is because I would feel like, um, the, like sex is almost like a scarce experience Mm. like it's only reserved in this romantic context and like the amount of effort that i would have to put in to have that experience like it just takes a lot of work Mm -hmm. so like i don't if i get close (laughs) close to it i'm in the vicinity of the ballpark like i'm like i if i also feel scarce about it i'm more likely to want to reduce the Mm. possibility that it doesn't happen right to me, that's just human behavior, right. right? If you feel scarce about a thing, you're more likely to hold more tightly onto it. Yeah. Um, I think that's the case for average the average guy. 
If you're not one of the, like, what, top fucking 15, 10% of guys on dating apps where they get all the attention from women, if you're not that, that experience is scarce to you. Mm-hmm. And so, it to me, it's very human to try to show up in a way where you try to, like, lead it in the direction that, like, where you get the thing that you feel is scarce. Because mm-hmm. that feels good to get the thing that is scarce. Like, you all, like... Who doesn't enjoy that? Yeah. Right? To have like an exclusive rare experience. Like we all enjoy something like that. Um, but I think that I think that's that I think that describes the vast majority of the guy experience for what, like eighty percent of men. Mm-hmm. So like expect I like I on principle agree with you that yes, he should have checked in. But I also have empathy for like the like circumstantial landscape yeah. that he has of like, yeah, I agree that he should have checked in, but that is at his own detriment. Right. His yes. own detriment yeah. in the sense of like the like human behavior creature kind yeah. of thing. Uh, like, and like at the same time, like I believe we as humans should be able to make those decisions contrary to our program. I think that's kind of like what makes us human, mm-hmm. uh, or that's what like being able to rise above impulse is like what in a lot of ways separates us from just animals mm-hmm. um, and I think and I believe and I wish that that is what like m- like people in general aspire to uh, so like there's a philosophical part of me and like a like a aspirational part of me of like yeah you should have fucking asked mm-hmm. he should have fucking checked with you like you deserve that or and and you deserve men who could do that and like men should do that or men or like men and women should aspire to that yeah, and, yeah. and at the same time like I have empathy for that lived reality of like oh man like if you're scarce then like yeah you don't want to try to shoot yourself in the foot like, right yes yeah. yeah I so there's that tension that yeah. I'm sitting with of like I, I sit in both worlds and that's that's my right of, no of yeah that makes sense it's it definitely helpful to hear about your perspectives as a man also and of course that, that's like gendering it but um yeah we're, just being on the end where, general like, speaking yeah, yeah just yeah. being on the end where like you yeah. are encouraged to initiate more in these situations mm-hmm. um and like the pressure that you deal with and the thought processes that you might be having i have thought about some of those before but i think at the end of the day and again this is just yeah my perspective as a woman who has dealt with discomfort in different yeah. ways from men that there is a difference between a reason and an excuse and i think all of these are reasons you know the lack of education we have as a society Mm -hmm. the fear of rejection the vulnerability it takes Mm -hmm. the scarcity mindset Mm -hmm. um, and desire to increase your likelihood of attaining what you want Mm -hmm. all of these things that we've talked about are reasons Mm -hmm. and at the end of the day i don't think they are an excuse for that kind of behavior, which doesn't mean what, that, which doesn't, what, yeah. what is the, that behavior word yes. referred to? Which means that, wait, like, what exactly does that term refer to? Uh, you said it doesn't excuse that behavior. It doesn't excuse not asking for consent. So what do you mean by that? What does it mean in this context to, it doesn't excuse that? I think that... Because in my mind, that maps to yeah. the, the point earlier I was making around, mm-hmm. like, we should aspire to this. This sh- We as adults, yeah. I think a mature adult 
should be able to go above impulse. Right. So from in my mind, that's what I hear from you mm-hmm. as like that's not an excuse. Mm-hmm. It's almost like you're trying to hold people to a higher standard. Yeah. And from that lens, I totally agree with you. But like every attempt that I have to uh, try to judge humans by the standard, mm-hmm. I find myself consistently disappointed. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I have I personally constantly hold that tension of like I want men and people to be better. Yeah. But they can and they can't don't. be. And they, and can they can't be. be. And I know yeah. many of them and yes. I'm friends yeah. with a lot of them. Yeah. But there's still this whole swath of people who don't think about that for right. a fuck ton of more reasons that yeah. we, we can't really touch upon right now. Yeah. But like the best, an average person simply doesn't do that on a consistent basis in every context. Right. And I think especially in this kind of case. So like when you say it's it doesn't excuse mm. you, there's a part of me that's like, I totally feel you. Mm. And yeah. then there's the other part of me of like, that's the realist of like, when I look at the state of humanity and people right now, I'm like, yeah. like, it well, like no, those, those like, this, that's actually pretty reasonable mm. that it happened the way it did. Yeah. I agree. It shouldn't. Mm. I agree that like the best versions of us should, we should be in a world where that doesn't happen. Um, so like, I, I don't know. It seems like we're agreeing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, I do. I do agree yeah. with you. That's a good point. I think. I think part of me, part of me, and that is the part that has become more jaded over time, especially mm-hmm. with my recent experience and seeing how it negatively affected myself for weeks after, makes the statement that it's not an excuse. None of these are excuses. But then mm-hmm. the more empathetic, compassionate side of me, and that still believes in people and believes that it's a society like we'll, we'll never like achieve perfection where like everyone is asking in all mm-hmm. like potentially like physical sexual instances yeah. for consent but that we can get closer to that and people have different experiences and have different like upbringings and education in this space mm-hmm. and like maybe it is an excuse if Mm -hmm. they just like no one's ever told them otherwise well like i think it it really largely is on like how are we using the word excuse Mm. right like i think it's the way that for me i would approach it is like it's not that i'm therefore lowering my standards Mm -hmm. of what i think is the ideal and what should have happened but i now have empathy for why you may have showed up this way and Mm -hmm. i'm I'm able to humanize and see the uh see why someone could be totally reasonably conducting themselves in Mm -hmm. that way um but i'm unsatisfied Mm -hmm. i think that mix is how i would describe uh not excusing the behavior and or how i would reasonably be able to say like but i don't want to excuse the behavior Mm -hmm. but it's like it's a it's this tension of I see the humanity and mm. I wish for more yeah. at the same time. Yeah. I wonder if excusing the behavior would be letting it slide without like saying anything about it after. Yeah. Right? If, Versus if it's that, like, yeah. I totally agree. Yeah. I think absolutely yeah. we should not be excusing. If that's what we mean by excuse, which is like let it slide, yeah. don't bring it up. Right. And Which I think is what happens a lot of the time, unfortunately, right? Because I like yes. I talked to this guy after, at least like over text, 
but honestly i think a lot of times people don't express it because one they're already going through like their internal shit of like yes. dealing with it themselves and two like sometimes people are just not confrontational and yes. they don't know how to bring it up with the other person yeah. even virtually yeah and and in some ways it's just yeah. like you're not sure if it's a, it's like worth bringing it up yes it, it you're not sure if it's worth bringing it up like like for myself like mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. For myself. And again, I'm already someone that I think is very communicative in general. Mm -hmm. But even then, like, I had some doubts about bringing it up the next day. Mm -hmm. And I think talking to my friend helped in that situation. And again, like earlier, I didn't really go into like the negative emotions that I felt within myself after, Mm -hmm. which was similar to what I had learned in my advocate training. But like one of the first emotions that I Mm -hmm. felt was guilt and shame. And that's very common for someone mm-hmm. to feel after a situation like that, right? Because the thoughts that are going through my head are then, like, why did I not say something in that situation? Does that mean I enjoyed it if I didn't say something? Like, mm-hmm. like what does that say about me? Like, I thought I was someone that would stand up for myself and, like, would stand up for other people. Does that mean that that is not the kind of person I am? Like, it's unfortunate totally. because there's all these totally. things that happen. And it's, like, when you're dealing with not only the, those mm-hmm. emotions, but then, mm-hmm. like, the other feelings of like anger and mm-hmm. sadness and pain and hurt and all of these things that unfold later it is also hard to make room to then like talk to the person who did this in the first yeah. place and sometimes you want to just brush it under the rug yeah. and never deal with it again yes. which i think is what often happens yes yeah yeah so i i can actually empathize with all this this is a good interesting mm-hmm. um i've actually experienced that but mm-hmm. I've never really talked about it. There's, I think yeah. I've only told like probably like two people about this. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would actually classify my very first sexual experience as all of that. Mm, I'm sorry. Where it's like, and it was even more confusing because like I have this, I, you have the toxic masculinity narrative of like yes, yeah, being with a woman like that, like that's when you're a man, like like it's super super toxic. Um, but like something about having like a sexual experience is like manly mm-hmm. and like it's a good thing uh and that that being an overtone on top of you know like wait, wait but i don't like the way this is happening so like that's also confusing yes on top of any guilt yeah. um so yeah so my, my actual first experience was um like i was very as oh i was i was virgin mm-hmm. um she was a lot more sexually experienced and basically zero check-in at any point it was basically the like she initiated the making out she initiated basically going down on me and like i had like i was already freaked out i was already like in shock by the makeup mm-hmm. that was also the first person i ever kissed mm-hmm. wow. so it was everything at once in a single night first kiss first oh blow job and then like first experience actually mm-hmm. like penetrative experience mm-hmm. um it was all too much. Yeah. And like it was all in in hindsight, or it basically live in the moment. I'm like, I this is overwhelming. Yeah. Like I, <laughs> I cannot digest all of this, um, and I think everything that you've said shared so far. I'm like, yeah, I remember that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like the whole process of like, in the moment, you're like, I'm uncomfortable with this, but I do like this. Yeah. I don't like how it's happening. Do I say it? But it's going to kill the vibe. Right. Is she going to take it personally? Yeah. Like, oh shit, but I'm a guy, so I should like this. Mm-hmm. I should be happy. 
that a woman is willing to give this to me because like this is supposedly a scarce experience mm-hmm. um to like all all the things so like i totally relate yeah no definitely yeah. i yeah. think as a as a man you deal with even more not even more you deal with a different set of like societal voices in your head yeah. as as that situation unfolds yeah. i'm yeah. sorry that that happened here yeah and so like yeah. so like i see both sides and yeah. everything that you emphasize of like yeah there's a part of me that's like dude she should have checked in right like she, she knew should, I was, she knew i was yeah a like yeah. she knew that I'd, yes like, yeah and like her being things. a woman does not excuse anything like i, yeah. I just want to re-emphasize yeah. i know we alluded to this earlier like we're speaking in terms of like women and men mm-hmm. and men initiating in this situation but again this applies to no matter who you are if you don't identify with yeah. any gender yeah whatever it is it's, it's like just for initiator yeah just for the purpose yeah. of like simplicity yeah. um like in our conversation but yeah like even if she is a woman she still needs to ask it's yeah. just either either party again like whoever's initiating yeah. and like all the things were true in that like i was bigger physically mm-hmm. i could stop her at any point if i wanted right um i could have explicitly said so yeah uh, and i did none of those things yeah uh, it was it was kind of like a disassociating check out of like jay hey just try and enjoy yeah. this which like, happens this is cool. yeah um yeah and, yeah. And, and, yeah and again like we talked earlier about um like fight or flight mm-hmm. and it how feels- like there's also the freeze response that ends up happening a lot of times but that people don't think about because it's not in this like usual term that's used Mm -hmm. right so it sounds like maybe what happened for you in that situation and what i think happened in my situation and it's very common is Mm -hmm. that your body's trying to protect you and Mm -hmm. it's trying to make sense of what's going on things are not making sense and Mm -hmm. so it just kind of shuts down and lets whatever's happening happen because it's not sure like what uh, yeah. to do otherwise right? i actually couldn't i actually couldn't stay up yeah <laughs> i couldn't stay up yeah because i was there was just so much going on yeah. and i was overwhelmed mm-hmm. and I, I couldn't actually fully enjoy the experience yeah and so like yeah it was overwhelming right it sounds overwhelming yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so i agree it, it fucking mm-hmm. sucks and it i think this also speaks to the I would agree with the general premise of uh, the person who is, is yeah, I, I like the statement around power around mm-hmm. yeah the person who has more power the person who's initiating and driving they ought to have more responsibility yeah um, sometimes um, but it's just like with my experience of power regardless of what gender is holding it like usually it's not wielded very well it's not that's the ironic yeah. part of yeah uh, and we all have like like the, the whole phrase around like absolute power corrupts and like um, so it's just interesting yeah um, I, I also think there's something to perhaps the kind of people that like that kind of power and the chances that they are honorable in wielding it yes i think that yeah. is rare yeah um i think another layer is relationship with boundaries mm-hmm. like um my experience with boundaries is like until i experience 
my no. I don't know it's a no until mm. I've already experienced it, and mm. then I've taken the time to integrate, process it, and realize that oh yeah, I'm not okay with that. Right. Yeah. And I think that's the challenge. I imagine that's probably the challenge with women who experience sexual assault for the first time, mm. of like, or anyone, including me, who experiences something like that for the first time. It's just like you don't have a grid for how uncomfortable it can feel and your brain cannot process and integrate it mm-hmm. all so quickly enough to do something about it until the next time yeah and for many people not even the next time it mm-hmm. actually takes a couple times for you to experience that again to be like oh this is about to happen no thank you yeah right and i think that's i think that's a un, like a, a real variable that's happening like you mentioned like this is actually so you described two instances yeah and like both cases end up happening yeah and you're someone who processes this stuff quite a bit uh and have some have some grasp around what's going on consciously right yeah it's happened twice like yeah and i think yeah yeah, i will say like i think they were a bit different this is me trying to convince myself that next time i will say something i would agree they're totally different yeah Yeah, they are they're yeah although Again, I shouldn't have to say anything. Okay, uh, or should we ask? But see, but, th- that's the trickiness of it. Yes, no two situations are exactly They're not, the same. Either. Yeah, because like I wasn't right. like the first time. Yeah, I went back to the person's house. The second time, yes. I made it clear I was gonna go home myself. And again, I didn't use the words like I don't want to have sex with you, and yeah. like we didn't end up having sex. Yeah. But we were in an outdoor space. Like it was yes. like on the street yes. in front of a bar. Yeah. There were other people walking around, so I my mind did not go to like oh mm-hmm. i don't feel safe with this person until things started happening that i wasn't comfortable yes. with right yeah. yeah so it's like it's not the same yeah my mind picked up the mm-hmm. pattern from the first time but the second time was yeah. a different it's like situation. the first time your, yeah. your mind can grok yeah that, like or your integration mm-hmm. after the first experience is like okay uh if i'm at home well, at someone's house yeah. in, in this setting then they're going to think then like i'm yeah. more prepared to like reassert of, right. like, hey I actually don't want to sleep with you. Yeah. But it is not the same. Your your brain doesn't immediately apply that to any similar esque kind of context. Right. Like it doesn't include yeah. the situation where you're outside the bar and you're making out and right. then and then now he's starting to touch you yeah. down there. Right. Right. That's your our brains don't work that way. Mm-hmm. So like literally like with how I think humans do boundaries, it's a shitty situation for any of all of us. Because unless the situation perfectly replicates itself, mm-hmm. we're actually woefully equipped and prepared to actually assert the boundary. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. It's like, how do you, how do you know what you don't know? Yeah. 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 It's just impossible in some ways. Yeah. Unless you like have heard about the experience from other mm-hmm. people, but even then, like. That's still not the same. Like, yeah, like, yeah. your own boundary might be different, right? Yeah. Than what other people's are. Yeah. Yeah. And also, like, intellectually hearing about someone others, someone yeah. else's boundary violating experience. Yes. Doesn't, still doesn't truly prepare you for the experience of it happening to you. Yeah. In, like, enough to the point where you can stop it from happening, recognize right. it in the moment, and advocate for yourself yeah. effectively. Yeah. To me, exactly. that, like, that's, like, next level godly mindfulness ability. Right. Yeah. And I don't think most people have that. Yeah. Honestly. And this is like, yeah, yeah it's interesting because it's like I already went through an advocate training like right before also. Mm-hmm. So like the the topic of consent and sexual assault mm-hmm. and dynamics of everything at play 
were already very much on my mind, but it still didn't occur to me because because my guard was down. Yeah. With this person I was enjoying my time with. Yeah. 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 Where does this put us? <laughs> like I don't feel like we've gotten I don't feel like I've gotten any more clarity. Mm. Other, I mean, it's it's like I feel like we've parsed through a lot, but like, yeah. it almost just seems like it's just a sandwich that we currently have. Yeah, and it's just the way it is. Right. Almost, I don't think there's a like. I think there are. I think there are solutions to it. I agree. And we talked about some of them. I agree. I think we've named things that create. Yes. Uh, this as a symptom. Yeah. Um, but I'm skeptical as to how well all of that can be applied, applied and yeah. executed on a societal level. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, even for both of us, we, we think a lot about personal growth. Mm-hmm. And, and, like, I had been working on myself like for f- like four or five years by the time I had that experience for myself yet that happened um, and like similar for you like I would imagine you've been doing this kind of thinking in self-work for years like now and now you imagine for people who don't do this kind of mm-hmm. who aren't into this kind of thing and this kind of reflection and, and personal growth like wow they're fucked yeah <laughs> I know like, I think I think the most uh, well I, I think beyond like going out and like start starting more movement and like um joining the activism space related to this i think by well like just doing things like this episode where Mm -hmm. we're even sharing about our own Mm -hmm. experience and how we felt during and after Mm -hmm. and having the conversation that we just did around some of the thoughts that might be on Mm -hmm. the mind of the other side yeah the other side is already incredible and doesn't happen that often and i think Mm -hmm. i think and i think like those are some of the like little ways ripple effect that we can Mm -hmm. drive changes by just like raising more awareness about that so maybe if we try to summarize like it seems like one layer is uh can we normalize these conversations in a day in in our regular dialogues Mm -hmm. of can we be more explicit about the sexual conversations and sexual dynamics and anything around the sexual vein? Because if we do not do that, we're more prone to be vague. We're more prone to expect others and actively read in between lines. That and that doesn't serve either of us. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one. What are some of the ones? Um, oh, just like call to actions. I feel like, yeah, something mm-hmm. that. At least this is also for me. I'm like I feel like what, what can I do, uh, as well. Mm. I think it's yeah. I think the stories are helpful to. Um, I think it, the you you mentioning around any domain of life in which, uh, someone. Like may cause some amount of trauma, mm-hmm. or has like a possibility of trauma. So any space in which you're with someone who's in a vulnerable position or a very intimate position, like regard it as such, basically. Like have a healthy regard for the the hurts that can happen if you uh, misread and misunderstand, miscommunicate 
in when someone's in a like inti- when you're in an intimate setting so mm-hmm. maybe that's another yeah mm-hmm. just ask <laughs> but it kills the mood yeah who uh, gives a fuck <laughs> but what is, what is an actual like what is an actual response to that that it kills the mood yeah mm, I think what I said earlier mm. where that um well for some people it kills the mood but I'd like to think that for most people like if they're already interested in you mm-hmm. they would only appreciate that you respect their agency and are asking for their consent mm-hmm. and I know that when I've been asked for my consent like even mm-hmm. before just like kissing me for example or mm-hmm. holding my hand I think it's amazing and I definitely mm-hmm. just like appreciate the person even more than I did before yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah and I think that's the case for more people than like we'd like to think or than we know yeah, I wish there was something you could do to address the scarcity side of it for the guys. Yeah. Um. I think I think some of the um, human emotion pieces can't be solved by us mm-hmm. necessarily. Like the scarcity side, like the mindset pieces, so like the scarcity. Mm-hmm the fear of rejection or being too vulnerable yeah I think a lot of it just takes work yeah and that's see, for the individual to do yeah 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 that's the part that makes me skeptical in the sense of like the fact that it inherently takes a significant amount of work to override yeah the like the impulse right um, the circumstantial the impulses that come out of circumstance mm-hmm. like man like I'm kind of jaded mm-hmm. in terms of like for the average person mm-hmm. like the average person will not be willing to put in that amount of work to reflect and think consciously about it maybe I'm a, a shit bag for like having that belief mm-hmm. maybe that makes me skeptical jaded mm-hmm. maybe maybe I should have like but it doesn't change the fact that I'm still doing work to try to create that reality like I'm trying to help more people like live on a like more thoughtful and and deliberate level but it's still I'm still there's still a large part of me that is skeptical of how far we'll actually get yeah Uh, I also think like we don't have to we don't have to get everyone to that point Right, and then it, it's like even if, even if like a few more people become more aware of their responsibility in these situations, if they are the one initiating, mm-hmm. and we're just planting the seed in their head that mm-hmm. like here is the language that you can use mm-hmm. to ask someone like oh like is it okay if I kiss you like are you comfortable mm-hmm. with me like putting my hand on your leg, mm-hmm. then that itself is invaluable because there is one human on the other end that won't have to deal mm-hmm. with potentially disastrous co- disastrous consequences yeah yeah and i don't think we're going to solve for everyone of course yeah. because just not possible in our lifetime and it's different cultural like upbringings yeah. and you know yeah. there's just too many variables but at least a few people 
It's like that cheesy starfish story, you know. Which one? The one about um, where there's like someone walking along the beach and like, like they see someone just picking up a starfish and throwing it back into the water, and then, and then this person talks to the other one and is like, just, just you're never gonna, you're not gonna be able to, you're not gonna be able to make a difference and like, mm-hmm. put all the starfish back in the water, and then the person picks up the starfish, puts it in the water, and says, need a difference to that one. Yeah. The same idea. Yeah. <laughs> Cheesy stories have valid morals <laughs> at times. Yes. If we move the needle for if so, if one just one person shifts their thinking from yeah. listening to this, if we ever publish this, yes, uh, then cool, it's a success. Yeah. But maybe we've already succeeded because we've done this for ourselves. That's true. <laughs> and that's and that's a wrap. Honestly, <laughs>